You know, the Bible talks about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Well, this is a wildfire. The gospel in India is running. The fire is blazing in India. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. All right. Hello, everybody. Back with part two of Brad's story. Yeah, you're in for a treat. I know I say that a lot, but man, I just, what God is doing through his people is seriously insane. Mm -hmm. Wow. Maybe you need another word for treat. Yeah. You're in for a taco. (laughs) (laughs) You're in for a virtual tasty taco. Mm Um, okay, yeah, so it's Brad's, uh, second part of Brad's story. Uh, one thing I did want to say is that uh, if you go to the website, theunseenstory.org, I'll have some videos that Brad uh, sent me and some photos. Oh, that nice. They're pretty cool. I think it'll give you a, a better mental picture of, of what was happening. They're pretty large tents and a lot of people. Come praising, on, Lord. Praising Jesus. Come on, Lord. In India. Yeah. Let's go. That is incredible. Thank you, Jesus. You are listening to part two of Brad's story, Miraculous Connection. A few other uh, just amazing things that happened while we were there on the ground in India. Another village that we went into, kind of the same scenario, we were fellowshipping in the home of... uh, one of the local people, they were setting up the tent. And uh, so just kind of a little idea of what this looks like, we'll begin to praise and worship. And then we'll just present a, a, you know, short, basic gospel message. And then afterwards, there may be several hundred people there, but they all want, you know, they they all want to just meet, just to greet, say hello, shake your hand. And and one thing I love about uh, that setting is like, we're not looking at our watches. We're not trying to move on to the next thing. And we're not trying to push a program. It's just refreshing. You know, it's just, there's a, there's a tent full of hungry people and God is just showing up, you know. And, and so we're just having a blast, just experiencing the kingdom of God, experiencing this living Christ. So in this, this village, um, Rasudi village, we had we we did the whole program for back, lack of a better term, and we're wrapping up, and people are coming through the line to to greet us, you know. And by the way, it was me and then three other uh, friends of mine that went with me on the trip. So we're just shaking hands, hugging people. One woman comes through, maybe she's maybe fifty years old. She's there by herself, and she's just radiant. She's just glowing. And she's she's pointing to her to her eyes, and I can see uh, the, I guess you would say the remnant of a, a haze in her eyes. These big beautiful brown eyes, I could see that like dissipating, where it had 
you know, been the whole eye, I could see it uh, was just around the exterior sort of part of the white of her eye. And she was just, she, what she was trying to tell me, and I, I later found, from, found out from the translator, she was saying, I can see, I can see, which was amazing. She was blind, she could see. Well, uh, the next day, we have a meeting in a, another location, pretty good distance away from this Rusudi village. This was a much larger meeting. There was, I don't know, at least six, seven, eight hundred people there. Because it was so large, uh, one of our translators, the the local pastor, he said, why don't you, you just go out during praise and worship and just begin to pray for the people? And um, it's, it's, it's funny, in, in India, the, the men and the women separate. So there's like an aisle down the middle. You got women on the left, men on the right. And so I took the left. Some of the other guys took the right. So I'm ministering to the women just going from front to back and I get to the back uh, of uh, this this crowd of women and I see the woman who I'd seen the previous day. Well, I look at her and immediately recognize those beautiful brown eyes and that radiant face and and she, and but the film is totally gone. So overnight, the remnant of the film was gone. And of course, she was just so happy to be there, you know, worshiping and she had brought a friend, uh, her friend, was mute and her friend was maybe a 60 year old woman she's pointing at her mouth and she's she's trying to make make sound so when you deal with things like that the best your best bet is to do what jesus did right you mute spirit go leave and so that's exactly what we did and um and so again uh, you could almost see or hear her vocal cords kind of get life in them she began to speak, and and of course, I like to have people say Jesus, so I, you know, had her say the name of Jesus, and and so it was a great, you know, it was just a great miracle. And then, what I love about those instances is that it's like almost a, a chain reaction, where it's like faith just rises to this kind of crescendo, and then people are like, "Oh my, Jesus is real; he's really alive!" and and then you just begin to see, you know, people getting touched and you know healed, and it just it's like, you know, a breakout. So from that moment, uh, I had her come up to the front of all these people and give her testimony. The woman, of course, shared, yeah, I was blind. And then the woman that, um, that was mute, she, she shared her own testimony, um, which was amazing. And then after these testimonies, there was a woman, uh, maybe 60, 65 years old, and she's like two rows back from the front where we were and she just stands up and someone escorts her to the front and I was standing there with her so you can imagine there's I don't know just short of maybe a thousand people or so there and uh and me and some of my friends behind me and a woman who's blind who's saying I want to be healed (laughs) so uh if there ever was an opportunity to be somewhat intimidated this might be a good opportunity but after you've seen so much in the previous days, you yourself, your, your heart is just, you know, you're, you're confident in your God, you know, kind of feel like Elijah maybe. So I don't know why I did it, but I, I just said, look, everybody, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be our testimony. This is going to be our miracle together. And you'll never forget the day where you participated in someone receive a miracle. So this is going to be our story together. 
And I, and I said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to put my hand over her eyes and we're going to pray for a few moments. And I want all of you to just begin to pray in the name of Jesus. So I put my hand over her eyes. And, you know, one of our big points of teaching that we bring to our pastors and to the people over there is, and that this was obviously a, an amazing teaching moment. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's my hand, his hand, your hand, the Lord lives in us. Jesus lives in us and we all can operate in this. And so it was just to be able to have that application in that moment, it was just just incredible. And not to mention, of course, the woman who was blind, <laughs> who was now able to see. So so in, in Hinduism, they have priests. And our head leader in India, that is our main point of contact and our main translator there, who, whose house we stayed at, just happens to live maybe a few hundred yards from this Hindu priest. The very f- first morning we were there, this Hindu priest has a son who's maybe 30 years old. Being that they live so close to the place we were staying, whereas this is our head pastor's home, they come and visit. You know, they're friendly. You know, we literally got there in the evening the, the night before, ate dinner and slept, slept off the, as much jet lag as we could, wake up in the morning, have some coffee. And then here's this son of the Hindu priest who's, who comes to visit. He, through a series of events there, as we're just talking, he, he says, I want to be a Christian. And he gives his life to the Lord. And his uncle comes and we're just talking to him. I mean, just like guys talking over coffee, right? We're just telling him, hey, here, here is Jesus. He loves you. This is what he's done. Just share a simple gospel. You know, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So we share, and he says, yeah, I, I want to receive Jesus. Okay, well, we haven't even started, but we started. You know, it was amazing. And so uh, there are uh, anti-conversion laws in a lot of the states, not so much in southern India, but in northern India where we were, uh, in Madhya Pradesh, Gujarat, it is against the law to convert from Hinduism. And so that's the reason we were there, right? So we were, uh, it wasn't such a big deal for us, but, the, but you know, you can imagine being a citizen and you're, you're literally having to make a decision to break the, you know, to become a lawbreaker, uh, you know, to, I mean, essentially become a criminal. So we can sort of massage our, um, our meetings to be palatable, sort of just where they don't get a lot of notice. And although we're preaching the gospel and although people are getting saved, which by the way, we had several hundred people get saved through that four days that we were there, but sort of where the line is drawn is baptism. And so, uh, there is not open baptisms. And so one thing that we got to do that was just an experience of a lifetime is we got to, we were this kind of remote village behind this, this hut, there's this well, it's probably four feet by four feet. Uh, and it was ice cold water, (laughs) which when you think of India, you may think it's warm and it was pretty warm, but this water was freezing cold. (laughs) So, uh, again, very memorable baptisms, but we got to baptize. I think we baptized, I don't know. It felt like maybe a hundred or so people there in, in secret, um, behind this house in this remote village of India. And, um, 
a little uh, other piece to that story with, so the Hindu priest brother was also baptized. Um, but that led us, th- that those encounters with this priest's uncle and his son gave us an open door. And it was the, I think it was the last night after we had finished our last crusade, uh, this priest somehow reaches out to our pastor who he lives close to and says, hey, I don't know what is going on, but I want to hear about this Jesus. And keep in mind, a lot of these people have never heard uh, the gospel. They've never heard the name of Jesus, a lot of them. So it's all new to them. You know, this is this is groundbreaking. So we get this open door and we get to go into his home, which we didn't really know it at the time, but this was a this is something that didn't happen to me. This is like taboo. So we come into his house and and I and I remember now looking back our our translator who's the pastor that lived close with who was with us. He's like almost giddy, you know, I'm looking back and he's like, wow, this is, you know, this is amazing. This is such a, uh, such an awesome thing. We're standing there in this Hindu priest living room. They're all, his family is sitting on this rug and we're standing up with our shoes off. And he says, tell me about this Jesus. And the first thing I can think of is, well, uh, do you have any pain in your body? Because I can tell you about him, but I can also show you his power. <laughs> and sure enough, he had back and knee pain that was really hindering him. He's probably 60 years old or so. So he says, yeah, I've got some pain. I said, okay, well, stand up. We're going to pray for you. So boom, in the name of Jesus, pain, go. Everything, leave, be healed completely. After just a few moments, short prayer, Okay, the pain is gone. And then his wife had been dealing with something. In fact, I think it was her shoulder. She had like a lesser range of motion in her shoulder. Same thing. Boom, let's pray. Okay, you're healed. All right, so that's Jesus. Now let me tell you a little bit about his story and what he's done for you. So we share the gospel with this Hindu priest and his family in their living room uh, as they sit on their rug and they accept Jesus just without without hesitation. Yes, I want Jesus. I want him to be my Lord, you know. And thinking back, I'm looking over at our our translator, pastor, and he's just like, you know, huge grin, like, wow, you know, this is incredible. Because he knows, we don't know, but he knows that this is in turn, I mean, this Hindu priest has a congregation. You know, they call what we would call a congregation of people that he's got influence over. And so now he's got, he's got a gospel to share with them. And so that was, you know, maybe six weeks ago. And I just spoke, I actually had a video call with them this morning and he had, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 family members in his living room. So they've opened their home. They've got a house church going. And so from sharing the simple gospel with a few people one morning over coffee, it opened this door to this Hindu priest who, well, ex-Hindu priest who's now a pastor, <laughs> a, a, a priest in, in, in God's kingdom. So um, just incredible, incredible. And it just shows you the, the 
the zeal that God has in his heart for these people. And, you know, the Bible talks about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Well, this is a wildfire. This thing is just so you know, the gospel in India is running. I mean, the fire is blazing in India. I mean, we're seeing family by family. We're seeing uh, clans. We're seeing entire villages receive the gospel. And so we've uh, we're well over 5,000 strong now, just in that uh, small region of India, and it's just just running. Well, there you have it. There's part two of Brad's incredible story or multiple stories of God's goodness. And praise be to Jesus. Come on, India. I'm truly just blown away by what God is doing in and through Brad and how Brad is just saying yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Pretty supernatural. Oh my gosh. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, that's happening over there. Or, oh, well, Brad must have the gift of healing. Or, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I, I think that when when God's word is preached in a place where people are open and hungry, um, that the way, and they don't have the word, um, the way they know that it is true is through a physical manifestation of his goodness and his power and his love. And that is oftentimes through healing. Yeah. Meeting people's immediate needs. Yeah. Um, the kingdom is here. How, how is this going to help me practically in my current circumstance? Uh, Brad did talk a little bit about uh, that didn't make it in the episode, but he talked about just the Hindu religion and how there's a lot of people that are praying to spirits. Mm. Um, you know, there's some poverty. Um, there's a caste system. So th- there are people that are really oppressed oh, wow. and possessed mm. in many cases because then to get relief, they're they're seeking spirits uh praying to spirits inviting spirits in in um and he they saw a lot of deliverance wow a lot of the women getting set free and so i think that you know in my trips to africa i guess the way that i kind of explain it is the enemy here works in kind of grays and distraction Mm. and we have kind of other options Mm. um, doctors and psychiatrists and medications and things like that and money um and you know the resources praise Mm -hmm. god that we have those things yeah um but but and um over there it's more black and white it it there is less options it lends itself to a greater level of desperation in some in some sense and and so i i think that's a component that's part of the Mm. I i know that for us or for me i'll speak for myself that I've seen God the most clearly in the moments when I've been most desperate, mm. where I've really needed, um, I've really needed Him. And well, and I'm reminded too of um, 
Ashlyn's story when she shared that um, she had been a part of a crusade and had preached uh, one 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 day, I believe, and she was thinking, "Wow, you know, I that that was a great message, Lord. Thank you." And and yet, I didn't see like. N- the people weren't moved. They weren't stirred. And I can't believe that they weren't stirred by the message that you shared through me. Mm. And she was talking to the other pastor or to the folks that had invited her. And she was like, what, what was the deal with that? And the simple answer for lack of going into more detail now was, well, you preached, but you didn't, you you spoke of his love, but you didn't speak of his, you didn't show his power. And that is, that is also a part of the gospel is power and love. Um, and well, yeah, power and truth. Maybe it's yeah, the way to think yeah. about it. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I remember it, man, you pulled that out of your, the resource bank. That's a oldie. Yeah. Uh, and Ashlyn was healed of Ebola. Yeah. She was one of the miraculously healed of Ebola. Um, in the hospital. A few Brazilians that, I don't know, if, I don't know how many Brazilians got Ebola, but she was one of them that was made national news, and that would be interesting to go back and listen to. But it did have something to do with, like, you preach the word, but I think they were looking for... Yeah, it was God's like almost like or? confirmation of that word. You preach the word, but you didn't show um, through action that that word is actually true. Yeah. And that's what the healings and um, things of that nature actually do. It, it it shows that what she just preached is true. Well, that, I mean, you saying that reminds me of that Corinthians verse where Paul talks about, I did not come in persuasive speech but i came in signs and wonders so Mm. that your faith would not be in the understanding of men but Mm -hmm. that your faith would be in the power of god come on and i just saw something the other day it's in mark um i don't know the location but i think jesus was talking to the sadducees and he said you don't know your scriptures and you don't know the power of god um that the sadducees were challenging him with like the woman that had seven husbands and they all died and, and you know um, and I had never caught that before that he's like, you don't know your scriptures and you don't know the power of God. I was like, Oh wow. That's a, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think for me, I want to be a catalyst mm. for this stuff. I mean, that's my prayer is like, I want to be a participant in this. I want to be a conduit mm. for healings, for meeting people in a powerful way. I, I mm-hmm. don't, you know, like meeting people with authority and with power and seeing what God can do. I want to be part. Of, it's like an adventure. I want to be part oh, of that such adventure. An adventure. Yeah. And I'm much more comfortable behind the camera, behind mm. the microphone, listening, cataloging. But I, I want to challenge myself to be a catalyst, a minister of the gospel. Yeah, because that same power and authority lives in you, right? And he lives in me, and he lives in every listener who can hear our voices right now. Yep. So thank you, Brad, for the challenge, for your example, for your yes, for just your love. Really, it it started with love, compassion, Mm. and, um, and it continued. You can't go wrong with love. Never. 
So speaking of love, we love you guys and we are so grateful that you are taking the time to tune into our little podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode or last week last week's episode, if you enjoyed today's episode or last week's episode, please share these stories with your friends, with your family, with um, with anybody that you, that comes across your path that that needs some hope and some encouragement. God is alive and well, and He loves you. He's running after you. Yeah, love you guys. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.